Wish I was a mole in the ground. Yes, I wish I was a mole in the ground. As a mole in the ground, I'd root that mountain down, and I wish I was a mole in the ground. Hello, everybody. Hi. Welcome to year-ending episode of the Faced Out Podcast with me, Brad. And me, Liz. I don't really know why I said hi like that, but it's, that's all right. <laughs> you know, at, at the end, at the end of a long year, uh, some pauses, <laughs> some, some different intonations are inevitable, um, you know, because it's all... It's all been a lot. It's been a lot for a. It's been a lot for a long time. Feels like a really long yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It has at least this holiday season. Really, normally I get through the the couple weeks of really intense retail, and I feel like tired but ready to you know take a rest and keep going. And then this year, I it's not like I feel like I can't keep going. I'm just like, oh no, I'm tired down like below my bones, like. Something deeper is tired. It's just like it was a really busy season. Crazy busy. It exceeded all of my. It went so far past what I wanted it to be <laughs> that I started having like animosity. Like yes. why? Like we were just talking. Go home. It's like it's, it's, a sh- it's a shitty weather week. It's after the holidays, and it's still busy. And I'm like, why are you out? Like the the books aren't that. They're not that different. No. They're not that much better. No. Uh, and it's fucking cold. Go home. The people who are like regulars that walk in a lot, I'm like, yeah, I get it. You're out on a walk. But the people who are like out having a day, I'm like, just pack it in. It's fucking, it's like crazy winds. It's 40 degrees. Uh, which is obviously not the coldest it could be, but it's still reasonably cold. And everyone has to remember that nobody owns waterproof shoes in 99% of the state of California, and nobody owns coats that are appropriate for weather. And we're all, and like, we're all like, you know, so conscious of COVID as well, so we, all the doors are open. So Right, which is, like, nice, but also just a gale of yeah. wind. It, it, it ranges in our store from, like, a gale of cold wind, or if you happen to stand, like, underneath the, the blast of, of heat... It's 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 as though you're you're by the exhaust of a of a jet, um, and so it's it there's you have to find like the little pockets of of middle ground in the store and just stand there and look busy with a box or something. We're working on microclimates. <laughs> <laughs> it's in the works. Um, but it it has been busy. It's uh, it's been. I mean, obviously better to be really busy than Mm -hmm. not busy enough. Obviously, that is obvious. But also, we can complain a little. Just a little. (laughs) Yeah. uh, Or a lot. Yeah. I I don't know. Who who are you you arguing with here? (laughs) Okay. I I didn't know that there was any other way to be. (laughs) Uh, You know, the past week or so has has been weird, you know, with the, all of the Omicron news and the trepidation and the, you know, just the, across the country, you know, just things are, are sort of taking off and, you know, some things like, you know, portentous of 
what could be. And um, so that's for me anyway, it's sort of put a pallor at the end of a, it's been a fine year. It's been a good year. Yeah. Like, you yeah. know, in, in many respects, everyone's been healthy and, yeah. and my people and the staff people, you know, it's, it's been okay. Yeah. And uh, business wise, it's been good. Personally, it's been fine. But yeah, like the end of the year like this, yeah, you know, it's, it's a, uh, there's, there's renewed anxiety, I guess is what right. I'm saying, right? It's, it's not like I'm, it's not like I'm saying that I don't read the news or that I think other people should not read the news, but I do think it is not entirely helpful when all the headlines are like, this state has 60,000 cases in just five minutes. And it's like, all right. I don't know what to do with that information other than the same things we've already been doing. I think that's where a lot of people's like anxiety is starting to kick in again. Cause it's like, there's very few things that you can do to like avoid what feels like an inevitable, like not just it's inevitable that you're going to get sick. It's inevitable that you're going to like, not be able to get a test or find an appropriate mask or be able to like quarantine because most people's work situations are going to be air on the side of the bare minimum that they need to meet. And it just, it's not great. It's like, I think in my brain, it's like this year is the year of like America is like, you know, we're going along, we're going along, we get the thorn in our side of COVID and it was like, well, we have to stop. We have to just, what's happening? You can have $1,000. And then another year passes and we're like, we're going to just work around the thorn. Or we're just going to bleed out and it's fine. And like now we're in that place of American, like, whateverism. To just be like, we're just going to keep going. And if everyone dies in the whole country, that's just what's, that's where it is. And it's just like bleak. Fucking bleak. Yeah, there's not really an infrastructure set up. There's not even, like, a yeah. culture no. to be, like, okay, yeah. I know that we don't really do this in our government, but we do believe that we need to – it's, like, we do not believe that. Yeah. We do not believe we should help anyone, yeah. especially the sick. Those people are bringing us all down. It's, like, this is this is the end game of yeah. American it, culture. I don't know. It's, it's easy to get hung up on a lot of these things, but if there's no easy thing of just being, like, well, just don't worry about it because, like, it definitely affects everybody's lives. So. It is one of these things that – and this is where my my anxiety comes from it comes to it is that uh, it's not the sort of news that bears real time updates because in the in the manner of like you know if you if you're in the midst of a war you could see like what front has advanced right, or right. Have, then we like, how's the that battle happening now it's just like numbers you're just looking at you're just looking at numbers going up or down and day by day like just that doesn't, I mean, when they're going down, that's great. You have this a false sense of security. And when they're going inching up, bad. Uh, you, it's, it's bad. <laughs> so it's like this, you have this either or black and white sort of thing. And the the situation itself just does not reflect that. For me, it's like you, you have to find ways of like, of taking that in and being not knowledgeable about it, but also um, trying to find like the, the vantage points that provide you the perspective that doesn't drive you completely batshit crazy, right? Yeah, yeah. So. obviously for your own sake. Yeah. For the sake of everyone around you. Right. A lot of people choose to let out a lot of their anxiety on social media, right. which is fine. But it's also a little bit like, 
aren't we past the point now of just being like, I don't know. I, maybe we're not. Maybe everyone's at a different point. That would make a lot more sense, wouldn't it? I'm past the point where I can take even one second of someone being on their high horse about the situation in any way. It's just like, that for me is like the absolute worst sort of news to read because it's not news it's just people like moralizing things and, right. like wait you should just get vaccinated and oh well you should just stay home and it's just like well, i don't know what the fuck i'm supposed to do right and everyone doesn't know what the fuck they're supposed to do and the american <laughs> government is a huge piece of shit and has been for like 200 years yeah. so what are we gonna do i you know i don't know i don't know it's, no. it's not great. I mean, in a micro way, yeah, things in my life are like, yeah, it's pretty good. It's right. a pretty good year. Yeah. I got a lot done in my personal life. <laughs> you got, a lot, of, you life. got, you got yeah. a lot of mopping done. Got a lot of mopping done, you know. Got to clean those floors. Yeah. Moving forward, tentative optimism always because uh, it helps my brain chemistry. But honestly, it's like, oof. It's not looking great. No. No. It's not looking great. Oh, God, and they're going to make us talk about fucking midterms soon. Jesus Christ. Oh, yeah, I guess it's coming up. Maybe we'll cancel all elections and Joe Biden will be president forever. Oh, and that'll, that'll solve that'll everything. That'll solve everything. So we thought we'd have a little podcast uh, to wrap up the year, um, think about the year that was, the one that's to come, and try not to depress the shit out of ourselves. Uh, so we're going to try to mix in like things that we're happy about alongside the things that we're not so happy about. And ideally, uh, we'll walk out of it, each of us uh, finding that little vantage of perspective, I guess, that will keep us from, will keep us going a little bit. So, so we'll start off. Um, are there any particular highlights to the year? Then I would obviously I'm not looking to dive into your personal life. <laughs> Oh, we're going to dive in. We're going to dive right in. (laughs) Um, But like on the professional professional side of things, were there any particular highlights for you? Yes. Uh, I thought it was really cool to see Stationary Club in its second year, get some interest, have some people return, uh, and have some new people added and to grow it just a little bit. Um, Well, is it just a little bit? It grew. It grew a lot. It grew... Um, oh, you mean Stationary Club itself? Yeah, like the yeah. members. I was trying to do math in my head, and it's, like, it's not like working 10, out. 10% growth? It's like a 10% growth, yeah, which is not it's not nothing. Well, I mean, well, we didn't want it. We, we kept it from growing. It could have probably gone... A little bit bigger, but... Bigger, and... Sorry, Kaiser's texting me, like, a lot. Just with a lot of general information, so thanks, Kaiser. Um, we dialed in there. But, no, Stationary Club is... Um, is a is a highlight for sure. Our like staff and coworkers, like everyone getting getting through the year without you know, getting through the year and keeping our um keeping our cool, keeping the store like, you know, it, it, the day is crazy, but we can all still enjoy one another's company and um take breaks and uh feed ourselves and things like that. Obviously, those are necessities, but I just mean, like, in, in general, that's always a highlight. I guess that means morale is good. Do you think... What do you think, Captain Bly? <laughs> what I was going to ask was, do you feel like, of what you know about, you know, sort of the, the broader spectrum of, of booksellers, do you feel like 
morale is, is on a decent side or a low side? Well, or? it's hard because, like I was saying earlier, a lot of people go to social media yeah. with their anxieties and yeah. complaints, um, which is fine. But it maybe there's good stuff happening that I just mm-hmm. don't see as much. It does feel like a lot of people are spread pretty thin. We're all spread thin, but I think the difference with us is that we can sort of allow for a certain little humanness built into our job mm-hmm. uh, where we can be like, you know, we're not, we're, we're not the Zigfield follies going out every day in the retail show being like perfect and mm-hmm. just like not talking about it. It's like more of a process. And I think at some stores they're like, yeah, go be the follies, just go and don't, don't really talk about it. Cause it's, it's Christmas and it is what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, even if you like Christmas, Christmas gets a little much. Yes, and enough of us don't like Christmas. <laughs> and that, then it's yeah. too much already. Yeah. So those, that in general were, were highlights. I think there was a lot of good things that happened this year, actually, professionally. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, what about you? Um, well, in terms of the store, um, I was really pleased. It seemed like it, and I don't have any, you know, sort of info to back this up at all, but it feels like the way we carried ourselves and the work that we put in during the closure um, at minimum created some momentum going into this year mm-hmm. in terms of people's commitment to buying from us. Um, and because like just the, 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 the level of sales just exceeded what I would, would have ex- expected in a normal year. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I'm very happy. I mean, my hope all along after, you know, as we got everyone back in 2020 is that we would basically become a better bookstore in many ways, just in terms of our practices and and our general ethos and the way we treat one another and look out for one another. And I feel like 2021 really bore that out in many ways. Mm -hmm. Um, I I do think that uh, like there were, there were some challenges, you know, we had some, um, you know, just, uh, you know, you know, illnesses here and there and, and, and just other things. But like, you know, we, it, it did feel like the processes and the practices that we had generated as a, res- as a response to the crisis got us through times that did not feel as fraught with crisis. Right. Yeah. And it gives me some hope that if we are turning the corner into yet another crisis <laughs> that we might have, you know, built up some, some goodwill as well as like just the, the general uh, workflow that we can sustain it in a non-fraught way. Yeah. We have a lot more, we have a good idea about what works and what doesn't work. We are also willing to try things and willing to let them go when they were ready right. to be let go. So that's part of, Part of what makes it is nice about having a small staff is that we can talk about these things pretty efficiently with one another, if not all together in the same space in an official staff meeting in a, in a different kind of way. Yeah. 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 It was, I mean, it was like when time came for like in June, when for the brief period we had the mask coming off in the state of California and we had to decide to staff, how, or how would we approach that? Like how, like <laughs> did we want to like continue to hold the line um, or were we not going to have the mass for the time period when, when the state said we didn't need them? And I was I I didn't know how that conversation was going to go because it wasn't something that we talked about that much. Like mm-hmm. it was like it was just something that we did. It was just that like you wore the mask, you wore the mask, 
And then ultimately, because of the fact that we were all just looking out for one another, like we could have like a friendly conversation about it yeah. and, and work out like how we're going to approach it. And ultimately, if it was a, it was a mood issue like two, <laughs> two was, months yeah. later. Yeah. Uh, but still, um, many of steps along the way, when it felt like we were downshifting into like a, a, a low, you know, a less fraught period of the, of the pandemic, you know, we could talk about like how, how do we face change as well with it? And that's good. Um, and, uh, on a broader scale with book selling, I'm, I'm very encouraged by similar acts of solidarity, you know, on, on other bookstore staffs, um, to, you know, whether it's the unionization or just, you know, being very vocal about, you know, things that they need to have changed. Um, and I don't know what will become of it. Like, you know, the, the end result, um, I mean, for me, the, the unionization is not the end result. The end result is like actual, like, you know, what happens in the, in the negotiations, right? Yeah, what happens after. Right. And whether or not, you know, the businesses themselves can, can sustain, themselves um you know in the face of like what uh employees reasonably need in order to to sustain themselves like can that work yeah i don't know it all it, and i think it depends on the store yeah but the solidarity of, amongst the the staff leading up to it that is uh a, a, for me an un you know unreservedly good thing and i think it actually it helps the store even if the store as the bosses don't necessarily think that it would. I mean, but I think having like a, a, a solid, you know, a togetherness of your staff is, is, is a good thing, even if it doesn't look that way. But. There's just some mindset that I don't know if it was like business school that did this or Reagan. I don't know who the fuck was talking about this stupid idea, but it seemed to have sunk into a lot of people's heads that like the staff, the workers, like the drain on your business, like having to pay payroll is the worst fucking thing ever. It's like, if you can't reasonably run your business by yourself, you're going to need staff. And if you're going to treat them poorly, they're not going to like it. That's a pretty basic thing. It's a pretty basic thing. I don't know. So it's like, I'm sorry if your staff refuses to be treated poorly. You must feel so victimized by that realization. Like, I don't know. It's we've seen that play out um, a couple times now. Yeah, yeah, and we've you know we've talked about that quite a bit, Um, and and I'm sure there will still be cause to to keep talking about it and to keep calling out the the various uh, good and uh, and bad actors. Um, On that note, um, speaking of bad, are there any lowlights that you can think of off the top of your head? Because we have not discussed this podcast at all. Prior to going in. <laughs> this is all fresh thoughts. Uh, what uh, happened <laughs> this year? Uh, I mean, n- no. Uh, work was pretty steady. Like, work was pretty stable this year. You know, some years or something you look back and you're like, it was all over the place. And people were, it was like people were pretty consistent to me. They were pretty cool, uh, pretty reasonable um, customer-wise. I guess the main thing would probably be just the kind of the things that people care about who buy books and the things that people care about who sell books vis-a-vis distribution and publisher consolidation. 
um, seeing more interest on one side and then seeing like the same level of engagement, which is to say none on the other side. And I'm not saying customers need to know who publishes every book or who distributes every book. Uh, it would actually be very tiresome if a customer came in and was talking all, well, it's distributed by, I'd be like, I know who it's distributed by. Don't talk to me like that. But (laughs) (laughs) that's exactly how that conversation would go as well. But, uh, yeah, it just is like, it's a bummer because I think that these things are going to keep moving forward uh, with Simon & Schuster and PRH. I know the Justice Department is wagging their finger at them, but ultimately we have so many trusts already in this country. We have so many monopolies already. I don't have a whole lot of faith that... That's gonna that they're really gonna bust it up, you know. I, I don't think they have any reason to, to right. be honest. So um, they have every reason to like to not. To, well, they have every, every <laughs> they have every reason to like to go through with this with like the performance of resisting. And, and there may be right. some there may be something at the Justice Department where they're like, no, this really we mm-hmm. do need to start bringing more of these suits forward, and they're trying to like change. I have no clue, obviously, because I don't work at the fucking Justice Department, but. Also, just guessing feels like they're not going to do anything. No, no. But, I, yeah, I, I think a lot of it is, is a performance. It's a political performance for, you know, a you know, certain... The blue states. Yeah, basically. Yeah, exactly. To throw them, like, a little bit of red meat uh, without without having to go after the reddest meat of them all. Uh, which is, America itself. <laughs> the soul of America. <laughs> AKA, AKA Amazon. Uh, that is the that is the lifeblood of America. Yeah, that is the sick little freakazoid <laughs> robot inside of us all. So that was a glow. That was a little light. Just that's, to know that that's going to continue is like that's a little bit heavy. But it's also like, what are you going to? I mean, what are you going to do? Uh, nothing. 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 As, we, as, as, as we have talked about many, many times. I've called Joe Biden repeatedly, and he made threats at me. <laughs> we kidding. we have no leverage in this. Uh, you know, we we could we could create a bookseller wide uh, union, and we would have no leverage on any of this. Uh, and uh, I, it's, it's just going to happen. Um, for, right, you, for me, the, the low light um, would be, and I don't, I, I might get it. I, I'm not going to get in trouble, but I might get scolded a little bit about this. Um, I increasingly am disconcerted by the fecklessness. <laughs> That is the American Booksellers Association, mm-hmm. and I. Many people are saying it. I don't really know what it is that they do. Um, I was joking, quote unquote, joking. Um, I don't know if it was with Liz or someone else. Where now that you know we've had two straight Winter Institutes not happen, will there be like this this new generation of booksellers that actually wonder like why are we? Why are we paying dues for them? Is it just for this really mediocre technology that we <laughs> that we use on our websites? Is that the only? Is that, the, is that really it? Could, are there no alternatives? Um, and look, I'm a part of the Booksellers Advisory Council, and these are things that I could bring up, um, and and in some ways have, uh, but uh, I still like I'm still like at a loss, you know, considering some of the things that have cropped up this year. Um, some of the you know some of the black eyes that have uh, happened and brought upon them. It was all they're all self inflicted too. It's like they're just punching themselves in the face. Um, and then of course mo- most recently with uh, with uh, the president of the ABA um, 
turning out to be, uh, uh, or at least flirting with, uh, a union-busting uh, uh, law, law firm. Um, what were you going to say? Just that it's got to be more than flirting when you spend that kind of money. Well, no, no, no. I, I'm saying flirting because ultimately they didn't follow through. They didn't follow through. That's where the flirtation, I mean. Yeah, so well, they, they didn't. They didn't consummate, so. <laughs> yeah, right. So, yeah, I, indulge me. I'm going to, I wrote a I wrote a, a letter to the ABA I thought that I would share with. I've already read it. Uh, Liz, Liz <laughs> edited it. Um, and I don't feel like posting it. Um, and I, nothing will come of it with the ABA board, but I figured, you know, the, the 10 of you who listen to this podcast might get something from it, so. Love you guys. <laughs> Um, dear ABA board, I'm writing today as a deeply concerned member of the American Booksellers Association and participant in the Bookseller Advisory Council. The headlines for many independent bookstores these days have been pretty good. Sales are returning, it seems. I hear anecdotes of numbers that compare to or exceed 2019 even. The holidays have been busy. There is looming danger with Omicron, of course, but a sense of confidence we can weather most any storm at this point. I have been an entry-level bookseller, manager, and currently the owner of a store that employs five booksellers. From my perspective, despite the resilience we've shown and the sacrifices a great many of us have made, a storm is still brewing. My concern is multifaceted, but it is perhaps best symbolized by the growing disaffection rank-and-file booksellers have for the ABA and of their role therein. This is all the more concerning because this is emblematic of a growing discontentment with the bookstores where they work. I realize that the ABA recently voted to codify by public vote its advocacy for the interests of bookstores as institutions, and thus of their legal owners, and have recently re-emphasized its role in education for booksellers. I also do not think I'm alone in judging either of these as, ad- as adequate to the crisis and confidence shown by individual booksellers. To be clear, this fundamental codified institutional inadequacy is precisely the crisis, not the discontent or its manifestation, whether it be via social media, booksellers' resignations, or their union cards. I'll skip this bit. Um, In sum, if the ABA cannot formalize in a worker-friendly way where it stands in regard to the growing gulf between institution and individual, it will almost surely become one less institution for which these workers will have much use. I, for one, have no great interest in propping up or championing institutions that are not serving the tangible interests of people, whether it be in terms of a trade association's public advocacy or an individual employer whose workers are disenfranchised. There are alternative ways forward and conversations to be had, and the crises of our times are begging us to hurry up and pursue them. Um, so, love yeah. Brad. I love Brad. Best. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm very concerned about this yawning gulf between institution and individual, and it really feels like the ABA hitched its wagon to codifying it's advocacy for the institution at the worst fucking time, yeah. right? As the individuals yeah. themselves need the help the most, right? They, they, they need to have the advocate, um, whether it be as a union or whether it be as a trade organization, figuring, like, think, thinking alternatively about what the fuck a trade organization is for. Yes. Um, because 
if you are simply in it to somehow represent the interests of, of institutions, what the fuck have you done? Like you, if you were actually representing the interests of booksellers, we might actually be able to have measurable contributions about what you have done beyond having a panel discussion about what, tell us some of your favorite uh, authors on this topic right here and there. To me, that just doesn't cut it. And, and, uh, and, and I know there's, there are good education panels and I love to, the education people at ABA, but to me, it's that's, that, that, that's just, that's just yeah. a part of what yeah. they should be doing. Yes, exactly. Um, and, and the fact that like this, this is not a new thing. It's always, they've always been representing the interests of bookstores and as institutions, but the fact that it got codified and I'm also, this is like a personal lament. Like I missed this. Like it, it, all this went down during like the meat of the, of the pandemic. And like, there was a public vote. I did not pay one moment's attention to, to it. To be absolutely fair, you were trying to like sustain the store and I don't know why you would have been taking that much care into what the ABA is voting on in 2020 or even large parts of 2021. And I'm not saying it's like, it's just, it's like, there's a lot fucking going on. Maybe we could address some of the things that are going on that are like happening and affecting institutions and owners and workers instead of being like, well, let's just solidify this thing. And can you guys all show up to vote? It's like, no, they can't. They're processing orders. Right. <laughs> like, truly. Like, they, no. So that's, that's its own annoyance. But. So it's, it's not just the ABA. It's, it, I mean, to me, it is ultimately a question of institutions. And, and we've, we've, a theme throughout this podcast has been sort of a certain ire that we have with even fellow friendly bookstores that are themselves, in, some, themselves institutions and how this has a knock-on effect for its relationship with um, with its people. That's I, I don't know that we've made. There's been great inroads in terms of like the volume of discontent on that, yeah. <laughs> but I don't know that there's been a lot of. There's been a great deal of inroads in terms of actually battling against it in a productive way beyond recording podcasts about it. So. Yeah, and like to be clear. We don't have the solution, but the whole point would be that we could maybe collectively work together under the banner of an organization that is supposed to be for booksellers, be they managers or not managers or owners or not owners. Like we could maybe work together via that organization to possibly, but that's like pie in the sky dream at this point. Mm -hmm. Like I don't see that happening in the near future or at all with this current like with the with the way that the ABA is I like think the it's, direction they're choosing to go in. I think it's going to need to happen on the regional level and it's going to be like-minded stores basically just finding little nooks within yeah. those regionals. Which that's not the worst no, thing at no. all. I think regional needs are very important and should should come up. People don't have the same we don't have the same situation store to store. Anyway. So um, so we can skip over, or uh, we have uh, also under this. We had uh, we were going to talk about friends made, enemies made. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we can skip over enemies made um, <laughs> uh, because I feel like we've we've uh, can pretty well assume some of those. Have we made any friends? Mm. <laughs> mm. I mean, some of our some of our great guests, of course. We haven't had as many guests on this year, um, yeah. but 
Um, no, that's one thing that has happened is like talking to more people in book selling and getting to know more people who are adjacent to book selling. That's been cool. I, I actually can't think of any enemies that didn't already sort of blatantly kind of throw their weight around in the past mm-hmm. more so or less so than this year. Yeah, that's true. Um, there's one customer enemy, but well, that's, sure. that's fine. That, that, that's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> those are kind of those. Those are kind of lighthearted things. We don't need and to get some, into and some customer friends too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, got to know a lot a lot of people who were like ordering books and then coming in the store. So that's kind of cool. I don't, I don't, I don't get to make as many friends with customers. They're just kind of like the the people that are just around. Well, I'm not making friends with them. Yeah. Making friends in the sense that I'm slightly nicer to them right. than I am to anyone else. Right. Which well, is to say, yeah. I'm pretty nice. Yeah. Reasonably nice. Yeah. Um, okay, well, moving along, what about the year that is to be, 2022? Businesses that have not yet come to be. Yeah. Hmm. Are we looking forward to anything? Um, I mean, I know, like... It you know, is. I, I, go, yeah, go I was, ahead. I was, I was looking forward to, to Winter Institute. Yeah, I was going to say, I think that's the big um, thing that now yeah. is sadly going to happen. Can I just say, I think it's a good choice... In the sense that it was the choice that they had to make, do it or don't do it. And it seems like don't do it is probably the more reasonable choice. But there is some, like, we were all going to go. Right. I don't know. I, and I'm not, okay, I don't want to, like, criticize anyone. But, like, just, like, if it was the right choice for them to cancel it, was it the wrong choice for all of us to be registered and going? Exactly. Like, like, like we needed we needed somebody else to make the decision for know, us, like the formal decision that, no, no there's don't, plenty, don't come. plenty of booksellers that were like, I wasn't going to go, no. and that's fair. And yeah. then there were plenty that were like, take the fucking chance, yeah. roll the dice. And that's just, I mean, yeah. that's the way it is. Uh, uh, no, I, I yeah. thought the same thing, and it made, yeah. me, it made me laugh. To me, I was like, I all along, I was like, A, I was surprised when they said they were going to do it. And like, back in my mind, I was still like, is it really going to happen? They were going to put a bubble, a yeah. dome yeah. over them. <laughs> uh, and yeah, as December wore on, like it's, I didn't, I never booked a plane ticket. I didn't really talk to anybody else on staff. Well, the hope was that we would have a big contingent there. Um, but I didn't really want to even get into the, the, the specifics on travel yet because I still, <laughs> still didn't quite believe. Uh, it just, there was a, a, like so much of this, it was just an air of inevitability about everything. It's not, and it's not like, like, like even like this new variant, like the veering kind of off. Like even that had like a, a feeling of inevitability. Like that there was like, that's just what viruses do. They turn yes. into they, they 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 turn into different things. There's like the whole like war of fitness between these these viruses, mm-hmm. and so all of this is like built on this like this this platform of inevitability that we just like we we just sort of like try not to look at the platform we try not to think about the inevitable we look look at look at the pretty structure that's going on top of it um but whatever anyway um but in the absence of winter institute we're gonna throw our own winter institute here at the store yeah oh that's sad oh god (laughs) yeah yeah that would be very sad um i don't know what i'm i mean liz and i are known as like very as sort of partisans of the stationary world and i'm i'm very i'm looking forward to 
to still growing that. Yeah. And I don't know what growing that means. If that means like if having a bigger footprint in the store or a new location or just new products. But I think the thing that we both like about it so much is that it's because it's it's not like the world that we're like in the in the heart of. And yeah. so like we're it's we're still very much in discoverability yeah. sort yeah, of yeah, mode, yeah. right? Yeah. So we're like we can geek out on stuff in a way that like you really got to work hard to make us that excited about a book. No, you know what? And the thing is, is like it's absolutely out there with books, but I'm yeah, I'm a simpleton, you know? And sometimes they're talking about these books that are translated and it's beautiful and I love it and I'm very glad. But I'm just like, I am not going to read all of these right. respectfully. Yeah. But with stationary, learning about new stuff is, yeah, like you're saying, it's super easy. Like, mm-hmm. it's, like, right there. You can just be like, oh, there's a bajillion brands, and I like that one, I don't like that one. Um, and I and I can feel like I'm, I'm not, uh, like, I know what's what. I'm like, well, this is a notebook, and you write in it. Yeah. You're like, what do you think of this obscure book that just got published from the 1800s by an Estonian whichever. It's just like, I have not read it. I'm so sorry. <laughs> so I feel a little more in command, maybe, yeah. especially after this year where I read very little. Yeah. There's, like a, there's, a, there's a sort of a gambling mentality, too, with, with the, the stationary stuff. And there is, like, in the used book world. You know, where like you, you, you buy this. But, I think but, there's a thread there for yeah. me, and that's why I'm at home yeah. there. Yeah. But like, yeah. So like, at least with the with the used book world, though, you know, you kind of you have this tangible product. You know what it quote unquote is worth. Mm-hmm. Whereas like the gambling aspect of stationery, we're not necessarily getting things through vendors or distributors. Like we're creating you know direct relationships with various places internationally now. Which means we have to often buy minimums of things that we've never carried before and that we don't see anyone else carry. And we're like, holy shit, that's, that's a whole lot of money yeah. <laughs> uh, on that. Can we do that? Um, so there's like a riverboat gambling aspect. Um, and, uh, and that's exciting. I mean, because it could, it could blow up in your face. Um, yeah, but at least, like, at least with that, you can um, take a chance on something in a non-cynical way. Versus the this more cynical things you have to do in book buying, where it's like, well, we got to have the Renegades book. Are mm-hmm. we going to do 10, 20, 30? Right. Where does it end? You know, and like with this, it's like, how much do people care about postcards? Right. They'd be willing to pay more per postcard right. because they were imported from the Netherlands and they're cool. Right. Turns out. They don't care. Right. Uh, <laughs> they'll, they'll, they'll just buy they'll, they'll it. They'll so. pay whatever you, you put on there. So. Um. Yeah, that's, and like trusting in yourself and your own taste, I think is fun because when people have have said like, oh, like, I really, this is really cool. Like this specific thing is really cool. And I can be like, I don't always do this because it's a little, uh, whatever, but it, I, you know, it's like, yeah, I thought it was cool too. I thought it was really cool. And I was hoping that someone else would think it was cool. It's pretty small scale. We Mm -hmm. might get three of an item maybe. Like, yeah. It's a, it's a good feeling. Mm-hmm. Same with books. I mean, it's just a little, it's new. No, it's, yeah, exactly. Like, it could, it could get old eventually, um, and, and in some respects will, but uh, right now it's really fun, and definitely for the new year, I'm curious to see what growing that means for us. Yes. Um, and, 
it'd be difficult to imagine growing growing in sales because just the level. I mean, it will because we really only sold it for half of the year, That's and true. the sales were just so off the charts. So it will be probably higher, but on a on a month to month basis, I don't know like if it can get much bigger. But we'll see. But for me, like, that's just sort of secondary. Like, to me, I, I'm still very much in, like, I just, want to, I just want to get my hands on stuff I haven't seen. And then, like, just show it. I like showing it to people. It's like yeah. a kid showing no, off, totally. off totally. their toys, right? Yeah. Like, touch that. Touch it. That's the best thing when, like, you have a friend that comes over to your house. Yeah. You're like, look at this book. Yeah. Yeah. You've never seen that? Look at this. And it uh, creates goodwill. Yeah. And if you can create a shop environment that feels like someone, you're discovering it too, yeah. then shopping psychology-wise, right. you've pretty much guaranteed yourself a sale. Yeah. This is a business podcast now, and I'm a business person. <laughs> Titans of business. Moving forward. Are, there, are we dreading anything? I mean, outside of the obvious. We've, we've, we've gone round and round this whole virus thing. But uh, and is there anything that, like, not necessarily divorced from that, but it is not specifically that? No, not really. Um, only because I'm trying to, like, not uh, spend a lot of uh, energy on things I can't control. And most of that stuff is just all stuff I can't control. I guess what I'm dreading, if anything, is the, um, uh, stuff's going to keep happening and I'm going to have to keep hearing about it unless I just get off social right. media entirely, which might be the ticket. Um, yeah, I've thought because the same. I'm just, it's, it, it, I'm the thing I can change in the equation. You know what I mean? I can't <laughs> make everyone be different on yeah. social media, so I might just... And I'm sort of like even dreading the fact that I even have to like think about things like that. It's so stupid. It's such a it's such a stupid problem to have. But whatever. Yeah, there we you are. You do, you don't. Right. Who cares about anything? <laughs> I don't feel dread. I feel completely no. I'm no, I'm numb to it all. I feel nothing. <laughs> we just devoured a bag of edibles and we feel nothing at all. I am I am hoping that there is like a sense of um, foreboding that things things can always get worse, but like if you have an anxiety disorder, this is not new. So right. I'm like, yeah, no. sure. Yeah. It could. It could. Yes. <laughs> At any second. Yes. Of any day. Yeah. Right I think like yeah, my base my baseline personality keeps me there. So like yeah, it, yeah. <laughs> that's like the perverse level of perspective that I can find on things where like it's it's not nearly as bad as I imagined. <laughs> Because what I imagined was quite sick. I was I was imagining full scale apocalypse, um, and this is like more of like a really slow one. Is that we're ascending? You have it's not the stallions of the of the apocalypse. You got like just these like slow moving mules that are just sort of like you know the bring in destruction, but it's yeah. kind of slow, and yeah. you can outrun them for a little bit until you're tired. Many of the. Um, uh... Superhero movie franchises move in this way. Yeah. Like six hours yeah. worth of movie before yeah. the world ends. And we're just in hour one right yeah. now. I have I have said that like 2021 feels like it feels like the hyphen in like a cluster of years. And who knows what the what like the, the terminal year is. Maybe it's the next year or whatever. But like we desperately wanted 2021 to be like the end. Like we Turn it up. the page. Wrap it up. But it's clearly not. Like, so now, now we have to figure out, like, you know, like, we're residing in the hyphen. We're residing in the in-between. In and that's 
inevitably in a, like uh, an anxious place. Very uncomfortable. But from a different perspective, looking down the way, no one ever remembers the hype. So, so we will just have forgotten that this year happened. And um, and to, sadly, that normally means because something worse has happened. And <laughs> yeah. there's there's a new cluster of years coming. Yeah. yeah. But that's just the way it goes. Um, I think astrologically speaking, that is what the people who are astrologically inclined have said, is that there's going to be a period of mm-hmm. years. Yeah. It's not going to be... Real, real easy yeah. to turn off. Um. Uh, specifically, like I'm dreading, and I don't believe this this will happen. I, I do not believe it will happen, but I do dread the Bay Area at minimum shutting everything down. Oh God, that does feel like that's coming. Um, and it's like you know, this is just a short term thing. We got to shut it down, and. I, like my emotions on that have like ranged wildly from like confidence that. Yeah, we'll work it out. We will, you know, we've got, we have all these processes to like, fuck it. Uh, the store is yeah. done. <laughs> yeah. I'm not doing this again. And I, Liz, Liz is like, she's, she's gotten both of these by <laughs> within like minutes via text. <laughs> I think at one point I said I was just going to become a shepherd. Um, so, on the table. Yeah, it's, it's sheep all around. It's, it's, yeah, there's sheep all, all over the place. Meat so, but it is, I mean, it, it just, it is a dread. And it's, um, I, again, I don't think it'll happen. I think there's enough interest and stakes um, that it won't. But um, uh, but the fact, definitely in the Bay Area, it's more of a possibility than, than some places because yeah. we're very quick about, you know, pulling the trigger <laughs> on, on decisions that are not popular anywhere else in the world. Or, in the, or not the world, but in the, in the country. And if a shutout, like a whole shutdown was necessary, if that, it, it, necessary is like a relative term anyway, but like if, if a shutdown is what's going to happen and we can't do anything about it, at the very least they could say, hey, you know, so last time we had these support systems in place and we'll have those plus. And it's just is like, I do not think that they have done that. I don't think they've spent this past year being like, let's gather the coffers in case of a rainy day. Yeah. I don't think that's happened. Uh, I know Oakland for sure has not um, chosen to allocate money towards uh, a lot of social services. Um, and then San Francisco has, and yet still they are falling very, very, very short. So it's kind of like hard to, hard to see that turning anyway, but bad a second shutdown. Yeah. Yeah. Without being too, you know, I don't, I don't know what will happen. No, no, we, we don't know. Um, but I, I feel bad about it though. <laughs> yeah, I feel bad Don't about it. Coming, I worry about it a little bit, but uh, I'm, I'm choosing to not think about it a whole lot. But in any event, you know, it's always the good with the bad, yeah. and, but mostly in between. Yeah, <laughs> you know, uh, we did better than better than some. We did less better than right. others. But you know, what are we gonna? If we we can't, we can't control what's going to happen. So we got to right. just like, you look out keep for, it moving, I you, guess. You look out for one another. Uh, and ultimately the institutions are not going to save you. Which is why I'm starting my own social media platform. What's it called? What is, what is this? <laughs> this is platform. Name TVD. 
and no one's allowed to talk about anything but topics that I choose. Um, yeah. So, <laughs> um, so the the institutions aren't going to save us, but uh, I, I do have I do have confidence that uh, individuals individuals have actually done pretty well. I know the anecdotes have not done well, but the individually, like we've people have been looking out for one another pretty well. And that's always how it's been. Yeah. I mean, truly throughout time. That's yeah. how it's been. That's why I tell myself. It's not the institutions have never worked in our favor. Right. There was like a brief period with one of the Roosevelts, I guess, allegedly, but I don't think that's true for a lot of people also anyway. It's beside the point. So in close, if I have anything to say imparting any sort of a, certainly not wisdom, but just perspective, um, it's just uh, not good luck. Because fuck, fuck luck. Luck has not gotten us anywhere. But definitely just, you know, just Keep being an individual that looks out for other people and in the course of doing that, hold the institutions to task. They're not going anywhere. We're not going to beat them. It's not about, yeah, it's not about, like, it's not even about that. It's just, for me anyway, it's about, like, uh, introducing, like, a new way. It's like people who are like, well, what are we going to do without police? It's like, well, what we're trying to fucking talk about is how we would do that. So if you just calm down and listen, that's what I'm hoping will come out of it is people saying, what do you think I should be the owner of the store anymore it's like right. maybe in right. some cases but there's probably a lot to talk about in between these extremes we generate the practices right that set us on trajectories um and the most comfortable thing is just to keep doing what we've always done <laughs> but that's not really a practice that's that's just that's just routine that was like the whole uh, yeah i mean that's like the whole last what my entire lifetime at least like we're just gonna keep going yeah. <laughs> even as like the wheels are falling yeah. off um stay safe everybody yeah um stay hopefully well. we do look forward to seeing you um and in the absence of that uh we will keep doing these and we do want to have guests on talking about what's going on in their stores mm-hmm. um so in the absence of seeing your face, we'd love to, to talk to you. Um, yeah. So if you're, if, if you're at all interested in chatting with us, hit us up online. Uh, we're both on Twitter. You can track us down in various ways. And uh, <laughs> we'll see you uh, down the way. Yeah. We'll sing now. Old Long Sang. <laughs> <laughs> Happy New Year, everybody. Bye. I wish I a mole in the ground Yes, I wish it was a mole in the ground By a mole in the ground I'd root that mountain down And I wish I was a mole in the ground